Morena. Ketsapi here, Koto. How are you doing? Ketsapai. Ketigingi, anyone? Sleepy? Yeah. Yeah, baby people. It's your fault, man. We have no sympathy. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, we love you. We probably love the babies more. That's where my brain went. I was like, yeah, but when we see the babies, we're like, we love them way more than the parents, so bad luck, parents, eh? Good, good to see you. Hey, um, buenos dias. I saw some Hablo Espanol folks sneaking in somewhere. Hey, good to see you guys. Hey, so we're um, talking about faith this morning. So I made up this crazy title, which hopefully at the moment you'll be like, what the heck is that guy on about? But by the end of the sermon you'll go, oh my gosh, that was such a good title, Craig, and you'll give me high fives and stuff. It'll be amazing, right? Um, I'm so strong, I can totally move mountains. Um, so we're in this series looking at spiritual gifts. So if you were here last week, you know that for the whole first half of this year, basically, we just want to slowly unpack spiritual gifts and take a good chunk of time to really unpack them. So we're kind of just introducing it. So I preached last Sunday and today, and then Dave's preaching next Sunday. So just for the first month, just kind of unpacking this whole idea of spiritual gifts, and then we'll get into like being a bit more grunty on each one and figuring out how it applies to us and all that kind of good stuff. So the, the key verse for this whole series um, is this one here, right? I talked a bit about this last week. So 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other, yeah? A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Um, a couple of kind of key points on this is, first of all, each of us. So I, I talked a lot about this last week, but just to recap, a spiritual gift is given to each of us. So every one of us who is a follower of Jesus, right? Every one of us who is an apprentice to Jesus has a spiritual gift. It's not rocket science, right? And you're going to see as we go through um, some verses this morning, it doesn't matter how, um, whether you're five or 65. <laughs> if you're a follower of Jesus, you have a spiritual gift, it doesn't matter whether you've memorized the entire Bible or you're like, man, I still can't find Exodus. What? <laughs> it doesn't matter, right? Because it's been given to you by the Holy Spirit. Does it make sense? Eh? So every one of us has a spiritual gift, so it's our responsibility to, to figure that out for a couple of key reasons. The first reason is that if I don't know what spiritual gift the Holy Spirit has given me, then how do I know how to serve the Spirit so that I experience Him empowering and flowing through me? Does that make sense? Because that's real important, Right? Let me, let me say it again, because heaps of you were like, oh, so far? Huh? That sounded really rude. I didn't mean that to be rude. Heaps of you were like, what is he on about? It's super important to understand what spiritual gift has been given to me, what's been given to you. Because until you understand that, you don't know how to serve in the church, how to be connected into the church in a way that the Holy Spirit is going to empower and flow through you. And so like I said last week, a lot of Christians, the reason their relationship with Jesus is like, eh, the reason they're like, ah, oh, church, I guess we should go, is simply because they don't know where to serve. And so they're not experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through them to empower them to do the exact thing that he's called and gifted them to do. Does that make sense, eh? Okay, so, so first of all, each of us. And then the second kind of key thing is at the end, so that we can help each other. Spiritual gifts are given to us, um, not for us. <laughs> it's kind of a gift that you get that you, you give away, Right? You receive a spiritual gift so that you can then bless other people, lift them up, encourage them, build them up. Um, so Shelley has the gift of being awesome on stage. I don't know what we call it, right? The whole point is not so Shelley gets down, gets in her car, driving home with her amazing husband Rex, and she's like, Rex, honestly, there was a park, and I kicked it out of the park this morning. How amazing was my worship leading? Oh my. It's not 
the, I thought people would laugh a little bit more. So it was kind of, I was like, oh, this is getting awkward. Yeah, I know. Sorry. We love you, Shelley. We love you, Rex. It's not the point, right? And it's also not the point for Shelley to be up here just going, and this is a, a fine line going, man, this rocks. Now, that's cool. But if that's where it ends, then that's not cool. <laughs> this rocks because I am serving Jesus and blessing people. Does it make sense, eh? So here's the rude comment for this. <laughs> if you don't know what your spiritual gift is, then you miss out because you don't know how to serve Jesus, to experience his power flowing through you. But we all miss out. <laughs> We're getting ripped off because the Holy Spirit has gone, ooh, you, Laura, have the spiritual gift of this, not for you, but for blessing us. So if Laura says, eh, I'm not going to use that, <laughs> then you're actually ripping us off. So thanks a lot, Laura. Far out. Nah. Um, the last thing is given, and I kind of see this before, right? Given. Um, these gifts are given to us, right? Um, but like any gift... <laughs> we have to do the unpacking, which takes some work, right? It takes some work to figure out what is the gift that the Spirit's given to me, and now how am I going to use this? I might need to do some training, some studying and stuff, but it's something that the Spirit has given to us. So it really doesn't matter how, how awesome I am. It's all about how awesome He is. Does it make sense, eh? It doesn't matter how awesome I am. It's really how awesome He is because He is the one gifting and empowering me. Um, so here's a phrase that I kept thinking about this week, right? The gifts have less to do with us and more to do with the object of our faith. I'll say it again, eh? The gifts have less to do with us and more to do with the object of our faith. It's more to do with the one that I am trusting in than it is to do with me. I have to have some faith, but that faith can be tiny, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on. Because it's not to do with me, it's all to do with him. So I can have been a Christian for five minutes, or I can have been a Christian for 60 years. I can have memorized the Bible or not. <laughs> I can say all the big, cool theology words or go, I don't even know what theology means, let alone trying to spell it. You know what I mean? It's not the key. The key is how tight am I with Jesus? Because through the Spirit, He's going to empower me to do awesome things, right? Does that make sense? Are you with me? It's cool? Okay, so that's kind of the little intro. So um, today I'm going to talk about the gift of faith, which is, to me, such a cool one. And so... To talk about the gift of faith, I'm going to show a couple of video clips. So I, I'll show you the picture, and you're allowed to laugh, and if you laugh, I'll just cry a little bit. So here's the, um, the beginning of the video. <laughs> so this is me back in the 80s when those moustaches were legit. Nah. <laughs> so, I was, um, so I used to go to India quite a lot for work when I was at the college. I used to run a Bible college, and we had a real cool partnership with an orphanage and a Bible college over there, and so I was just trying to help them get their college really um, flying. And so this lady, I'm just going to call her mummy, um, everyone calls her mummy, so she's run an orphanage over there for, um, what is she up to now, 62, 63 years? So she went over when she was 22 and has lived there her whole life, she's now 84, 85, um, and hundreds and hundreds of kids. So in India, you've got to remember in India, they literally just leave kids on the street because they don't want them. So she regularly, they just have people that pick up kids from the street and bring them to the orphanage and... Often people will just drop them at the front gate of the orphanage. So it's a pr- pretty crazy culture. So she's you know, raised all these kids, and she always calls them her children. So she's a bit of a legend, right? She's amazing. So I did a whole bunch of interviews with her at Pathways College, where I used to be, um, with Joe's turned into kind of a Bible study for people. So heaps of people have done this Bible study, just as she talks about um, her journey of faith. So hence the moustache. So I went over, the, I've been over a bunch of times and I'd never thought about facial hair before and I went over with a goatee and beards are okay, moustaches are okay. But the second day I was there, the guy that runs the Bible college came to me and he said, oh, he was so humble because Indian people are real humble. He's like, after about five minutes of apologizing, he was like, in, in our state, 
people with goatees are bad. They're like gang people and bad people. And I was like, well. And he said, and then again, another five minutes of apologizing. And he said, so do you think you could shave the goatee? And I was like, yeah, I don't care. Of course, it's just facial. He's like, raced in, shaved it off, and came racing back out again. And in their state, all the men have these glorious moustaches. So I left a beautiful moustache. And so literally that whole couple of weeks I was there, I'd be anywhere, and a man would just randomly come up to me and just be like, if heaps of time they'd say it in Malayalam, which I can't speak, but then if they were English, there's a great moustache, and the whole week I'm just, anyway. Um, and I'm, I always, it's so hot over there, it's like 40 plus degrees, right, and it's just crazy hot. So I always dress in Indian clothes, because it's a million times cooler. So I'm wearing a munda, which is like the dress thing and the thing. But anyway, so this is me interviewing um, Mummy, and the story she's going to tell, just to give you some context, because it's hard, is she took the whole, a whole bunch of the children, um, heaps of them, on a boat ride, and it's a two-story boat out into this lake, and everything kind of turns to custard. Um, I think that's enough, so let's watch this little clip. So we're going to watch a, a little bit more of that um, interview later on, but I just love, I love the bit in there where she, or the two bits I love in there is where she said she held the other lady's hands and they just cried out desperately to God. And I love that. It's not like they went back to try and get the motor going or got oars out to row or, you know, whatever. It's silly things like that. It's like they knew the only person they could trust in to, to get them out of that situation is Almighty God. And then the other bit I love, obviously, is those, the boys. So on these boats, um, Joseph and I went on one, they have a number of just, like, young guys that are doing everything, cleaning and bringing your food and whatever. Um, and how she said that those boys came, and from Alipi to um, where they are in Chichua is quite a long way, uh, to say it, it was only because your God, you prayed to your God that we're alive, which are, and that they were going to commit suicide because they couldn't have handled having all those kids die on their like watch. It's like just that testimony, eh? So this gift of faith is pretty powerful. Um, here's a definition of a gift of faith. This is a cool little definition: to be firmly persuaded of God's power and promises to accomplish His will and purpose, and to display such a confidence in Him and His Word that circumstances and obstacles do not shape that conviction. I, I just love this gift of faith, right? A um, couple of things in there that really jump out to me. First of all, it's to be firmly persuaded of God's power, right? These people with the gift of faith, and it's not everyone, right? Not everyone has every gift. But people who have the gift of faith, they just have such confidence that God has got them. Such confidence that God has got them. And then the last bit I love is this, um, they have such a confidence in him and his word that circumstances and obstacles do not shake that conviction. Um, man. I have to say this really as powerfully as I can. There's people in our church who have the gift of faith, and we desperately, desperately need you to speak up. <laughs> um, we need you to know that you've got that gift and to grow in that gift so that you can come alongside people that are struggling, who do not have that, and the waves are hitting them, the storm is hitting them. And they desperately need you to be able to come along beside them and, and hold their hand and go, God has got you in this. <laughs> Remember, the gifts are given by the Holy Spirit, not so much for you, but for others. We have a lot of people in our church that are struggling with hard times, and they desperately need someone with that gift of faith to sit with them and cry with them and hold them and go, God's got you, you know? We need you to, to step into that. That's not like an angry thing. It's like, man, we just need you. As a leadership, we need you to come to the leadership and say, hey, I know there's a hard situation in front of the church at the moment, but God has got us in this, and your faith strengthens our faith. Your faith 
strengthens our faith and, and lifts us up, right? Hey, let's look at a couple of um, verses where we see this. So these are what TJ read um, before. So if you've got your Bible, jump over to Matthew. Um, we're in Matthew 8. I'm just going to read some bits because TJ did such a good job reading it before, so I won't read the whole thing. Um, so Matthew 8, verse 2. Suddenly a man with leprosy approached and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you're willing, you can heal me and make me clean. The, the key thing you see here is his, his ridiculous faith in the power of Jesus, right? Let me read it again and, and see how it's, it's been said. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. It's not, oh, maybe you could. Do I think you've got enough power to zap me, Jesus? It's none of that at all. This guy just has such incredible confidence and faith in Jesus. He knows Jesus can do it. It's now a matter of if you are willing, right? You see that, eh? Yes, Craig, we totally see that. Shot, team. I love it how we're just like a group journeying together through the text. Yeah. You've got to remember who this guy is, right? This guy is a leper. Now, the word leper, um, so remember the New Testament's mainly written in Greek. Um, the word that they use here for leprosy is just a word that covers all skin conditions because back 2,000 years, they couldn't distinguish between a lot of them, so they were just like, well, there's something funky with your skin. Leper, get out. <laughs> and so you had to live outside the town. You're not allowed to be... Um, in with normal people, you couldn't have any kind of social contact, any relationship, and so on. So that's why it says suddenly. The idea seems suddenly. So that there's a, a clear sense that this guy's kind of snuck <laughs> into town because he knows if I can just get to Jesus, I'm going to be healed. It's not a matter of if I can get to Jesus, I might, but he just has this incredible faith, this incredible confidence um, that Jesus will heal him. I just love that, right? I love that. The, the second thing I love, and this is kind of obvious, but this always just makes me go, <sighs> Verse 3, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Jesus does this again and again and again. Now, according to their society, their culture, he is not allowed to touch this guy because this guy is unclean, this guy is a leper, this guy is contagious, this guy is the lowest of the low, the most disgusting, the yada, yada, yada. If I was Jesus, I would have healed him and then touched him, because <laughs> he's like, ill. <laughs> his part's falling off him, and like, Bleh, and I might catch it, you know what I mean, eh? But not Jesus, man. And this is, this is I've, there's a bunch of times Jesus does this to people with leprosy, and, and every time two questions pop into my head, and, and these are a little bit cheesy maybe, but every time I'm just like, oh my gosh. The first one is, when was the last time someone touched that guy? <laughs> He's got what they would think. They don't know, but he's contagious, man. You do not touch someone with leprosy because you will, they thought, get leprosy. So when was the last time someone touched that guy, right? And then the second question always in my head straight away is, but when was the last time someone touched him in love? Because <laughs> you know Jesus didn't do what I always do when people are walking in, you know, a bit of a knuckles, hey, yeah, I can heal you. <laughs> didn't do like finger guns, yeah, no problem, bro, I can heal you, you know. <laughs> This is Jesus. You know Jesus put out his hand, maybe put it on his shoulder or even just held the guy's hands, looked him in the eyes, and I'm just like, the guy would have just been like, whoa, with huge love in his eyes and just said, oh, I'm willing. Be healed. And then I love how it's like instantly, and I, this is one of those videos if we get to heaven and we can watch video replays of things, I'm like, oh, I would love to be watching that guy's eyes when Jesus looks into his eyes. And then I'd love to watch his body as he's just like, whoa, you know, and he's just instantly healed. Oh, Jesus is too cool. I love that, eh? Let's go back to that definition and um, 
and see if this fits to what we just saw in that guy, to be firmly persuaded of God's power totally, right? And promises to accomplish his will and purpose and to display such a confidence in him and his word that circumstances and obstacles do not shake that conviction. It's totally him. Totally him. I love that. Hey, so here's another little video clip of me talking to mummy. And this one's about snakes. Hands up, anyone who's just like, you can't even touch a picture of a snake in a magazine. Anyone? Yeah, a few, I can't. If I'm reading a magazine and I turn the page and there was a snake, then I'm like, <laughs> throw it away. So this is a, a cool story about her talking about snakes. And the bit to watch out for is at the end. So I ask her towards the end is, did you feel sick in the night? And her response is just like, oh, my gosh, person of faith. So this is cool. Mm, so good. You can see that gift of faith, right? It's, it's, yeah, she gets blessing. Mummy gets blessing. But it goes out to all those kids. Those hundreds of little kids now have faith, right? And that's the whole point in these, these spiritual gifts. It's not so much for us. It's to bless those around us, right, that we're, that we're with. Oh, I just love that, eh? Pretty crazy story, though. Uh, yeah. I used to have breakfast, just her and I, most mornings. And she would just tell crazy story, like crazy. It's so funny. She's a bit of a legend. Anyway, let's look at another um, Bible. So Matthew um, 8, we'll just carry on And here. This is the... The faith of the Roman officer, the faith of the centurion, and one of the things I love, and TJ said it when she was introducing the reading, I love how the diversity of God, right? So when you've just read a leper, the lowest of the lowest of the low, and now you go straight to a centurion who, in their culture at that time, is one of the highest, most important people you can have because they've been invaded by Rome and all that kind of stuff. Um, and again, you just see this incredible faith of the guy. So this is Matthew 8, um, starting in verse 5. When Jesus returned to um, Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. And Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. And then this guy's response is like, what? And I'm like, how did he know this? He's not Jewish. He's obviously heard and seen Jesus do some amazing stuff. The officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. And then... You read that Jesus was amazed, and then the guy's healed. I just love that. I love the confidence that he has, and I long to have that kind of confidence that when the storms of life, when there's a mountain in my, the road of my journey, I'd love to have the kind of confidence that God has totally got me in this 100%, you know, which is why we need as a church those faith, people with that gift of faith to empower us. Um, here's a slightly longer definition of the gift of faith, um, I love this. The Holy Spirit distributes this gift to some in the church to encourage and build up the church and her confidence in God. You see it, right? That's the whole point of this. Those with the gift of faith trust that God is sovereign and he is good. They take him at his word and put the full weight of their lives in his hands. I love this last bit. They expect God to move and are not surprised when he answers a prayer or performs a miracle. I love that, eh? They're not like, whoa, who would have thought? They're like... Duh. <laughs> of course I wasn't sick in the night, even though I was bitten by one of the most poisonous snakes on the planet, because the children were praying. I love how she says that, eh? It's crazy. It's just this faith, right? This faith. Okay, and let me land this by um, bringing it back to, um, to kind of apply to us. Um, like I said, said last week, and we'll keep saying this, just because I don't have a certain gift... Doesn't mean, to see, doesn't mean to say I don't need to, to serve in that capacity, right? So just because I don't have the gift of service doesn't mean to say as I'm walking around the church, I see some trash, I'll just be like, well, <laughs> that's the gift of service, people. They can pick that up because I have the gift of... It doesn't work like that, right? I still work in that. 
So just because I don't have the gift of faith doesn't mean like, I don't have to be faithful. No, <laughs> obviously, right? Um, so I love this. So jump over to Matthew 17, if you've got your Bible. Um, there's just a little verse in there. This verse is repeated um, a number of times, so I'm just going to read it from here. Matthew 17, verse 20. So just a bit of context here. The, um, a person's bought uh, their son who's got a demon in them. It sounds like a pretty full-on demon. And the disciples can't cast the demon out. They can't get the demon out. And so they bring the boy to Jesus. Jesus obviously um, kicks the demon out. And then in verse 19, um, afterwards the disciples asked Jesus privately, why couldn't we cast out that demon? Which is a really good question, right? And Jesus' response is really interesting. You don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth, if you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there. And it would move. Nothing would be impossible. So the core is, is faith. And he's not saying you've got to have giant faith. That's his whole point. It's just that you have to have faith. So this picture is, that's literally mustard seeds someone's holding. They're tiny, right? And I always imagine, so when Jesus um, teaches, he always uses a lot of illustrations. And they're all things that he would have seen around. So if he's talking about birds, there's probably a bird flying past and, and so on. So he's saying this um, in an area that's real mountainous where he is, right? So I imagine when he says this, he holds up his hand. He goes, even if you had faith, and he's like pretending to hold a mustard seed. Even if you had faith as tiny as a mustard seed, and then he points to the mountains, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Why? Because you're really strong? No. Because <laughs> it's not about you. It's about who your faith is in, right? That's why at the beginning I had that title, you know, I'm so strong I can totally move mountains. It's like, yeah, if my faith <laughs> is correct in God, and that's in his will. I'm not sure that God's will at the moment is for us to all be blasting around moving mountains that would be really disrupting. <laughs> but you know what he's meaning by that metaphor? But the key is to have that little faith, that mustard seed-sized faith. So let me finish with an encouragement. So I want to encourage two groups of people. First of all, those who have this gift, and then secondly, those who don't have this gift. Um, I wrote out what I want to say to, to those of you who have this gift, because I want to say this real carefully. And I say this in massive love, and you'll see hopefully that coming through. So if you have the gift of faith, this is what I want to say to you. We desperately need you here at CBC as there are a number of us who do doubt God. We doubt him in all sorts of areas in our lives. We need you to be encouraging us to be people of faith in Almighty God. We need you to be helping us develop our confidence in God individually and corporately. We need you to speak into tough and scary situations, reminding us God is almighty. His will for us will be accomplished. We need you to remind us again and again that it is not the size of our faith, but the power of our God that moves mountains. So I'm just really calling on you. <laughs> if you're someone who has that gift of faith and you heard that story from mummy, you read these verses with me in Matthew 8, and you're like, man, that's just me. I don't know why people stress so much. I just <laughs> It's because you have a gift of faith that the Holy Spirit wants to use to encourage and lift up and support us, we need you to speak into our lives, yeah? So I'm asking. <laughs> um, and then what about those of us that don't have the gift of faith? Um, so two things. I was talking with Tom McIver this week, and we were talking about this whole aspect of faith, and both these came up. The first one is to look for the times in your life when God has moved that mountain, yeah? 
Um, so one of my favorite stories is back in um, Joshua chapter 4. And in Joshua chapter 4, they're just going into the promised land, and Joshua's led the people through the Jordan River. And when they go through the Jordan River, they're told by God to take 10 big stones from the very bottom of the river, that it's now dry, and make it as like a memorial. And it says, I think it's in verse 4, that the reason for this memorial is so that when you're walking past the rocks, <laughs> your son or daughter will be like, what's with the rocks, Dad? Or, Mom, what's with the rocks? And you'll go, ah. Oh. Let me tell you about the time when God... <laughs> Perform this miracle, right? So one of the things we've got to do as people who drought and struggle, we have to record what are the rocks that God has moved in our lives. And I'd encourage you to write them down. Take some time this afternoon, take some time this week, and just stop, listen to God, and write down when the times in my life that God has moved that mountain, when God has worked so powerfully, so that when the storm hits, when things are falling apart, you can go back to that list and go, God has got me. He saved me before, he will save me again. God has got me. The other thing I want to encourage you to do is to include your children in this. If you're a parent and you've got kids, don't protect them from the hard times. You've got to be wise and careful. But they need to see you stretching out your faith in God. They need to see you calling out to God in prayer. And then when God answers it, those children grow up as people of faith because they've seen God working. If you're younger and you don't have any kids, then you have friends. <laughs> You have people around you. Include them in your prayers. Include them in your life journey so that when God answers, they're part of that excitement, part of that like, how did God move in this situation? Wow. Include people in that, that faith journey that we're in. Hey, let me pray for us. So Etu, let's all stand and let me pray. I think the worship team, no, Lucas is going to come up. Yeah, let me pray for us. I love in the, the quotes, there's a clear, those quotes I had on the screen, there's a very clear message that it's still God's sovereignty over these situations. Just because I'm calling out in faith in a situation doesn't mean to say God is necessarily going to answer things the way I want him to. He will answer things in the way that are best, even though sometimes it's like, what is that, right? But it's my job to have faith, it's my job to call out, it's my job to trust, and then it's his job to sort. Let me pray for us. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. The Almighty God, now I know, I can see some folks in this church, some folks I know are going to listen to this podcast. They are in the boat and the storm is real bad. The motor's cut out the next wave and they are going under and they will not survive and just now as a community of your people we just pause and we corporately call out to you on their behalf can you continue to strengthen them and hold them tight in the midst of the storm that they're in God yeah Jesus as you did to that leper can you reach out and just touch them eh? so they know you're there so they know you've got them You know, I pray that people in our church um, that have been given that gift of faith, I pray you'll give them really good wisdom and insight to know the people they need to come alongside and just encourage and lift up, God. 
Yeah, Jesus, I'm so glad you walked this planet. Man, it's hard down here. <laughs> it's really hard. But I thank you you get it. I thank you you're not just like almighty God in heaven sitting on a giant throne going, sort it out, silly humans. <laughs> you really get how hard this planet is and so you can speak into our lives and hold us tightly. Thank you for that, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.